Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we are discussing season two, episode 14 of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Crying Wolf. Sure. I mean, we got to get all the wolf titles in. Do you think this is the end of our big werewolf chunk? I think probably of the biggest werewolf chunk. I mean, I don't think this is the end of all werewolves. I do not think this is even the end of Tyler. But we'll get there. So as always, I'll start by reading the synopsis straight from Vampire Diaries Wiki. Stefan and Elena get away for what they hope will be a romantic weekend at the Gilbert family lake house, not realizing that they've been followed. Jenna starts to worry that Alaric isn't being honest with her. Jules explains the importance of the sun and moon curse to Tyler, but leaves out an important detail. Damon attends a tea at the Historical Society in order to talk to Elijah, but Elijah isn't giving up any secrets. With help from Caroline and Jeremy, Bonnie uses deceptive measures to get shocking new information out of Luca. Finally, Tyler offers Matt some relationship advice. And you know what? Matt needs it. (laughs) It was a jam-packed episode, so let's jump right in. So we open the episode at a lovely little campfire where there are all the dead bodies of the werewolves who died last episode. And Brady is burning all of them because what else would you do for your friends who are dead but burn their bodies? And Jules, you know, is a little bit mopey and Brady is down to business. And then we meet a new character who is presumably part of this werewolf pack. He's wearing a beanie with a like cap on it. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, it's 2011 or 2010. So, you know, he's pretty moody. Yeah. So the guy in the beanie, we learn his name is Stevie. He comes up to Jules and Brady's like, go ahead, tell her. And Stevie says, I just want to preface this by saying I should have known better, which is always a good uh, preface. That's kind of the theme of this group. This episode is all I'll say. And last episode, to be completely honest, these werewolves always should have known better. They are making foolish mistake on top of foolish mistake. You are endangered. One thing a werewolf has is hubris. (laughs) (laughs) If they have hubris and a sense of smell, that's fucking it. Yeah. So Stevie says, you know, over the last few days, something clicked. Back in Florida, I was suspicious about Mason because he was banging some hot vampire chick named Kathy. So we know that Catherine was going by Kathy in Florida to throw them off the scent, and it worked. I'm obsessed with that because do you know how much Catherine must have hated being called Kathy? But she was like, look, I'm in Florida dating this fucking surfer. Kathy is what it's going to be, I guess. And Stevie said that Mason didn't want anyone to know that he was hooking up with a vampire named Kathy. And Stevie also said, additionally, Mason was asking a bunch of questions about the sun and the moon curse. So something clicks for Stevie that he assumes that this other group of vampires is trying to get ready to break the curse, because why else would they have killed Mason is, I think, the logic he's following, even though Mason tried to get them killed. So that's why. But I'm not entirely sure why Mason needed to die for them to figure this out. They're not bright. Yeah. (laughs) If they've proven one thing, it's that they're not bright. And speaking of not bright, Brady decides to chime in. And he (laughs) says that they can't let this other group break the curse, even if they have to kill all the vampires in town. Well, newsflash, that's not going to work for you guys. Just leave town. What do you not understand about please leave town? Like, okay, even if you can kill all the vampires in town. First of all, you were up against two vampires and lost more than half of your pack. So let's start there. Second of all, there's an original vampire and a very powerful witch protecting said vampires. It's just like the deck is so stacked against you. And like, you don't have to live in a town full of vampires. Like you showed up here last week. Like you can just go. And I get that on paper, there are three vampires in town. But you raise the interesting point that there is an original and a powerful witch squarely on that side. Like, just head out of town before you all die. What more hint do you need, honestly? And on top of the vampires and the very powerful witch, you have one less powerful, but still a witch, and, like, a handful of people, two of which have rings that will make it impossible for you to kill them, which they clearly don't know, but still. Like, it's just a team that is a lot more built up. Like, if the full moon were tomorrow, maybe. And they put a lot of... They assume that Tyler knows so much more than he does. They're like, oh, well, Tyler would tell us all about that other group, anything we would need to know. Tyler knows nothing. 
and they find that out um, pretty pretty quickly. The only info Tyler gives them is stuff that he does not know is important. Like he was like, oh, Mason was looking for some moonstone. And they're like, what? And he's like, oh, is that like interesting? Like he's not a useful ally to like bring this other group in. And he is arguably more on that group side. Like, I mean, he's clearly overwhelmed right now, but it's not like a safe bet that he's on your team either. It's just a lot of like really assuming that you're a lot stronger and smarter and you know some underestimating like I'm you know we'll see later Brady heavily underestimated Elena but still like it there's just no way in which this would work for them that I would have seen so I don't really know why they think it's gonna happen they're making a lot of assumptions that are all incorrect yeah so then we go over to the Forbes house where all the gals are waking up after a sleepover Stefan calls Elena and he's asking how the sleepover went. And Elena is stressed out. But more importantly, she's horny. She's like, when are we going to have a sleepover? And he's like, oh, OK. And Stefan is like, are you just trying to like dodge John? And she's like, yeah. And Stefan's like, oh, we should go out of town. Yeah. They're, I mean, Stefan's Stefan's not fighting this. They're both horny and they both don't want to be around John right now. So he's like, oh, you sure you want to leave with everything that's going on? And Elena's like, why the fuck do you think I want to leave? Let's she said, go. absolutely, I do. That's why yeah. I want to leave. I've just been reminded of this lake house my family owns that is suddenly empty this weekend. Kind of good timing for me. So let me go over to the Salvatore house. Damon is walking Andy out after a lovely night of dating or whatever. Kissing, smooching. <laughs> night of dating. <laughs> yeah. And... She tells us that she's going to be covering the Historical Society's high tea today. Sure. That's a, as good an event as any. It's in honor of some visiting writer whose name she knows as Elijah Smith. And Damon's like, he's using Smith. Well, I love it because she says, oh, it's for this writer who's researching small town Virginia. And immediately Damon is like, oh, that's Elijah. Like without any other. That's not a secret. I was not under the assumption that he like knew that was Elijah yet. I think Elena knew. I don't know if that news got to him. I read it as like he heard writer about small town Virginia and he was like, okay. We have to assume that the news got to him. I guess. It's just, I like to think that he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you can think that. <laughs> and so Damon checks in with Andy to make sure that her story is straight, that they hit it off and she really likes him and he absolutely did not bite her. And she's like, yep. That sounds good. Sounds to me. good. She's like, yeah, I got my scarf on. I'm ready to go. So he kisses her goodbye as Alaric arrives. And Damon's, you know, like, ha ha ha. I have a new girlfriend. And then Damon and Alaric have a little boy's day. And Damon shows Alaric the dagger and the ash that he got from John and explains what John said. But Damon rightly considers the source and knows that John is a weasel. So he's a little bit concerned. It's a setup. So then Damon asks what Alaric's up to today. And Alaric says he and Jenna were supposed to go to the lake house, but they both got roped in to the Historical Society high tea. Naturally, because that's an event we're seeing this episode, so we got to get a couple characters there. Well, you know, Jenna's somewhat involved. I guess she's not on the council, but she's like involved with this. She helps the others. She's so involved she with the go. Historical Society somehow. I mean, she's obviously that's been true. helping Elijah. I'm not quite sure how Alert got roped in because he's never proved himself to be particularly useful to any of these people, but probably he just got roped in because Jenna's roped in. Yeah, I was going to say he's a history teacher That's and true. he's dating Jenna. So probably that enough that they were like, okay, well, like, oh, Alert, you, you can here. tell him about small town Virginia. And he's like, I moved here from North Carolina. <laughs> but okay. And they're like, what? We don't really hear anything about you. <laughs> Carol's like, but you teach history, right? <laughs> and he's like, oh, fine. Damon mentions to Alaric that Elijah is the guest of honor at said high tea. And Alaric says, hey, can you promise me that you won't kill Elijah at the tea party? And Damon says, sure. That's good enough. I mean, the thing is, they already killed him, quote unquote, once. You better be pretty sure that dagger works before you try it again. <laughs> yeah, you better be sure it's going to stick before you kill him, which Damon partly wants to do because he doesn't trust John. And also he wants to know Elijah's end game before he kills him. So either way, Damon's just excited to talk to Elijah today. Yeah, he just wants to really meet with him face to face and kind of start to maybe put a little bit of intimidation his way. Yeah, there's much to discuss with those two boys. Mm -hmm. So then we go over to the grill where Caroline and Bonnie are talking plans. The scene wastes no time. Caroline's like, tell me about this witchy plan you got. And then Bonnie tells her about the witchy plan she's got. We don't do any like fake exposition, which, hey, we, we have limited time here. We have a lot to get through. 
And Bonnie says basically like they don't know the full extent of Elijah's plan. So she's going to ask Luca. And Caroline says, well, Luca's not going to tell you anything. And Bonnie says, yeah, well, he's not going to have a choice. Yeah, Bonnie's like, oh, don't worry. I thought about that. And then Matt spots them across the bar and Caroline gives like a flirty little wave. And Matt is like very clearly angry. And Bonnie's like, what's up with you guys? And Caroline's like, I really don't know. I really thought we were fine. Yeah, Caroline's like, I thought we were kind of moving in the right direction. I don't know what that was. She'll find out soon enough. So then we go back over to the RV in the woods where Tyler is meeting Jules and the gang. And Tyler is surprised to see they're still in town. And Jules is like, well, we're leaving soon. And Tyler's like, yeah, well, that guy last night said you should go. Yeah, that guy who like really made all of us, made everybody look like they were just writhing in pain. He said you should leave immediately. And it feels like it's immediately. Yeah, Tyler said, I was actually quite scared last night. Yeah, Tyler's like, was that fun for you guys? Brady, Stevie, and Jules convene, and they ask for Tyler's help to find the Moonstone. And he's like, someone needs to tell me what the point of the Moonstone is. Tyler's like, the last I heard, it was a rock mason wanted. Like, that is the information I have been Like, I need some more context. And Stevie says, okay, well, it helps break the curse of the sun and the moon. And Tyler says, I don't know what that means. (laughs) Tyler's like, explain it to me like I'm five. He knows no information. And so Jules gives us a quick rundown of the curse again, mostly for Tyler, but good for us to hear it as the audience again. Whoever breaks the curse basically gets the benefits. If the vampires break the curse, they're stuck only turning on the full moon and having to turn on the full moon. If the werewolves break the curse, then vampires are stuck not being able to walk in the daytime except for when they have daylight rings and werewolves never have to turn. You would think that Tyler would be like, wait, but all these vampires I know walk in the sun. So did they not break the curse already? Like, obviously that's not what happened, but I feel like that would be a fair question to ask, but he's overwhelmed. He's got much to think about. Well, we have to assume that that is exposition that is boring enough that they don't want to waste our time listening to it. That's fair. That's Tyler, the character, yes, would ask that. But since we, as the audience, would be bored to hear that question, there's no reason to give Tyler a line about it. We got a point. This episode's moving at the speed of light. We can't have any, we got to trim the fat here. So basically, Jules says that if they break the curse, wolves can turn whenever they want. And Brady's like, we can dominate as werewolves. And Tyler doesn't like to hear that because he doesn't like turning. He's done it once and he's not a fan. So Jules confirms that if they break the curse and if they can turn whenever they want, they never have to turn at all, which appeals to Tyler. All Tyler is motivated by is not turning into a werewolf. And, you know, they notably are just like oh we just need the moonstone to break the curse they don't mention really all the sacrifices involved so tyler's like okay so we get this rock i don't have to ever turn again great deal and the only other part of the breaking the curse that they mention is the doppelganger stevie says that if they are preparing to break the curse they must have found the doppelganger and they assume based on the knowledge they have that mason's hot vampire girlfriend kathy knows about it So they want to find Kathy. It's a little bit of a runaround that they would be stuck in. Luckily, Stevie has a picture of Kathy from one time Mason brought her to a borough where he said no one liked her. Incredible. Tyler looks at the picture and he's like, that's Elena Gilbert. I've known her my entire life. So they're like, oh, so you know the doppelganger. So we don't actually have to find this Kathy. We get to skip a step. And this is funny because, again, this is a major this is one of the only major pieces of information Tyler has. And he doesn't even know how major it is. So he just gives it right up. Yeah, because he's, he's like, just oh, like, oh, that, that's Elena. Great. That's my friend Elena. He's like, easy. I don't I might not even have to turn next full moon. I might be, get this sorted out before then. So then we go over to the grill where Caroline approaches Matt and she's like, hey, and he does not want to talk. He's mad. And she's very confused. And it's like, okay, well, let's clear up this weirdness. I just want to talk about what we were going to talk about last night. And Matt says that she's making it worse, which confuses her. And then he says, okay, where were you last night when you canceled on me? And don't say you were with Bonnie because she was here and I saw her. And Caroline doesn't have anything to say to this because she didn't expect this to be an issue. And she doesn't have an excuse plan. So she just kind of stumbles a bit and then he walks away and she can't stop him well yeah she didn't have an excuse plan because she didn't think she needed one and she like what is she gonna say like oh no i wasn't with bonnie i was with elena and i lied because of whatever like there's no world in which matt is not pissed about this still yeah exactly 
So then Tyler approaches Caroline and she's already in an annoying mood. So she tries to storm off and her purse falls out. They argue a little bit and Tyler grabs something from her purse and puts it in his back pocket. We later find out it's her phone. And Caroline's basically like, leave me alone. And she leaves. And so then Matt goes up to Tyler because he assumes that the reason Caroline canceled was because she was hanging out with Tyler. In a way, that's true. She was hanging out near Tyler. Yeah, I mean, it's closer than her being with Bonnie, but uh, he's still far off. Yeah, he's <laughs> he doesn't know much. And so Matt says, hey, Tyler, it's fine if you and Caroline want to get together, but just stop lying to me about it. And Tyler's like, um, there's nothing going on. She just yelled at me in public. Did that look like we were dating? She's very mad at me. Tyler's like, did that look like we get along at the moment? Like she ran away from me. And then Matt grabs Tyler's collar and says, stop lying. So he's already um, convinced of this little fan theory he's got in his head. Yeah, so Tyler's like, okay, well, I clearly can't say anything about this. I've got other things going on anyway. So then we go over to the Gilbert house where Stefan is like, oh my God, so Elena, we're going on a romantic weekend. You ready? And she says, absolutely. We have got to leave before John gets back because I don't want to talk to him. Girl, me too. (laughs) Yeah. And then Elena gets a text from Caroline and Caroline's like, hey, I need to talk. And Caroline asks where she is. And Elena's like, oh, I'm heading to the lake house. Is everything okay? And Caroline says, never mind, have fun. So Stefan's like, is anything like wrong? And Elena's like, no, it's just Caroline. It's fine. Let's go. So they head out. But it was Tyler texting from Caroline's phone. And so he tells Brady, oh, this is the lake. They're going to her family has a house there. It would have been really funny if he sent a text and Elena was like, this does not sound at all like Caroline or like if all the words were misspelled. Elena is far too horny to be doing investigative journalism right now. (laughs) So then we go to the lake house. Stefan and Elena arrive in a little red car, Stefan's little red car that we know well. And Elena kind of has a moment because she hasn't been to the lake house since before her parents died. And Stefan's like, oh, like we can go somewhere else if this is putting you in a shitty mood. And she's like, no, I'm just having a moment. So then Elena goes in and she enters the house and Stefan stays on the porch and she just doesn't invite him in right away. She's like, you don't have to wait outside. And he's like, actually, I do. You have to invite me in. I know it's been a while since we've dealt with this. He's like, I know we've only been in the same few houses for a while, but this is still a rule. And Elena says, oh, my God, I totally forgot. I can't invite you in because my parents left this house to John. I'm so sorry. And he says, you're kidding, right? And she says, yeah. She was just having a silly little goof. And then they make out. Great beginning to a weekend. She does indeed invite him in. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, she does invite him in. I should say that. And then they make out. (laughs) Yeah. So then we go over to the tea at the Lockwoods. Carol is talking to Elijah about his research, and she could not be less interested because she's like, oh, like, what are you focusing on? He's like, smaller regions of Virginia. And she's like, okay. (laughs) Like, okay, that's boring. Bye. I really don't care. I'm going to go have a I'm going to go have a finger sandwich. Then Jenna approaches Damon as he enters and he kisses Andy, who's hanging out with Jenna. And he's like, oh, my God, Jenna, thank you so much for introducing us. And Jenna's like, "Okay." Jenna's like, that's weird. He really didn't respond to it when I was there, but whatever. He's like, that's not my problem. Good for Andy. And then Damon approaches Carol. And Carol introduces him to Elijah. And she's like, oh, Elijah, this is Damon Salvatore. His family is one of the founding families. And they like look at each other. like, It is so nice to meet you. And it is very tense. There's dramatic music. Carol doesn't pick up on it. Yeah, it's the slowest handshake in the universe. And Carol's just like, anyway, good that you guys are meeting. Carol's like, awesome. I can pawn this guy off so I can leave this conversation. Finally, I'm done listening to Small Town Virginia. I do not care about small town Virginia. I know I'm the mayor of a small town in Virginia, but I don't care. She's like, I just happened into this role. I didn't like fight for this. I don't care about it. I just like going to my society events. That's it. And you know what? Good for her. So then we go over to the grill. Luca is playing pool by himself. And Bonnie approaches with like two Frappuccinos as like a peace offering because she heard that Luca's dad saved her friends and Luca falls for it hook, line and sinker, bitch. He should be much more suspicious. Yeah, he is not the best. In the background, Jeremy approaches Caroline. He's like, oh, how's it going? And Caroline says she's selling it and he's buying it. She's giving him the sex smile. And Jeremy says, "Okay, Caroline, we get it. He's like, tone it down. (laughs) And Caroline clocks the tension, but she lets it be. She doesn't make a comment, but she does put it in her file. But She's like, "Okay, I will be using that later. Do you want me to tell you a fun fact while we're here? This is as good a time as any to say it. Sure. 
there was a time in the run of the show where Stephen McQueen, the actor who plays Jeremy, was dating Candace, now King, formerly Akala. Oh, that's crazy. I know. So then we check over in with Luca and Bonnie and Luca is like, oh, let's play pool, Bonnie. But then he starts to like fall over because the coffee is starting to hit. And Bonnie kind of like signals to Jeremy and Caroline. They come over and they start lifting him out because he is passing out because Bonnie basically roofied him. I love because Luca's like, what's happening to me? She's like, you'll be okay." She's like, shut the fuck up. Jeremy picks him up like he weighs two pounds. So then we go back over to the lake house. Elena is standing on the dock, looking at the lake, wrapped in a blanket, giving hot girl fall. I was going to say she's giving Christian girl fall. I mean, Mm -hmm. Caitlin Covington, watch your back. And Stefan hugs her. And Elena kind of runs down some of her favorite lake house memories. Jeremy broke his arm when he was six. Her dad taught her how to fish. And then she says, hey, do you ever think about our future? And he says, oh, I would love to talk about our future. And she's like, "Mm." and he's like, oh, whenever you're ready. And she's like, I'd rather just be in the now. And he says, you know, now is a future memory. Okay, chicken soup. (laughs) Well, it's so funny. He's like, oh, yeah, I think there are so many long conversations to have about our future and all these things. Very much being like, yeah, someday when you're a vampire, you know, and she's like, yeah, let's no, let's close that box. She's like, okay, I know I kind of brought it up, but I don't want to talk about it. And then he's just like, oh, this is a beautiful moment, all this. He's like, this, you know, someday this will be a memory when we stood at the lake and I told you I loved you. And she's like, nah, this will be a great memory when my life flashes before my eyes in a month. Yeah, she's like, this will be a great memory for you. So let me go back over to the T where Damon follows Elijah to some study or something. And so John goes up to antagonize Alaric, which the amount of confidence John Gilbert has to go like up against Alaric, who is a million times hotter than him. You have to, in a way, admire that about John Gilbert. And John Gilbert, I feel like he's, you know, he spent his time away. You can tell he was really thinking like, okay, I'm going to come back and I'm going to look hotter than before. And the best he could come up with was this Tintin head ass haircut. That, that's what you worked so hard on, King? And to be fair to him, he does look hotter than before, but there's only so high this man can go. No offense to the actor. Uh, but this is, I mean, that's what you look like. Anyone standing next to Matt Davis is not going to look that hot. That's not like saying someone is ugly, but it's just, I mean, it's a really difficult. He was set up for a loss. So John asks Alaric what's up and Alaric's like, well, I'm obviously not going to tell you that. Why are you asking me? And John calls Alaric Damon's little helper. And Alaric doesn't really bite on that because he's not easy to anger. Yeah, he's like, okay, like, whatever. Clearly you're trying to get a rise out of me. Yeah, and then because he doesn't get a rise out of him, John kind of ups the ante and says, hey, does Jenna know about all your little extracurricular activities? I should probably tell her because she can't be in the dark forever. And Alaric says, okay, well, you're a dick. And John says, you know, you shouldn't sleep over anymore. It's inappropriate with children in the house. And also that ring is mine and I want it back. And it's like, okay, pick a pick a struggle, King. It's like, first of all, John, you had to. Isabel gave one away. So it's really Isabel's. You gave yours away. Well, and need I remind John earlier when he first came back, Jeremy's like, are you back here for your ring? I'll give it to you right now. And John said, what kind of man would I be if I took that back? The kind of man he is because he's going yeah. and begging a lark for it. He's like, I'm not going to take it from my nephew, but I will take it from this other dude who actually owns it. And, you know, I get his frustration that he gave it to Isabel and Isabel gave it to a way hotter dude. I get the frustration, but that's not a lark's fault. Yeah. Take that up with fucking Isabel King. You're up her ass all the time anyway. A lark, like soaks all this in. He just kind of nods condescendingly and walks away. Good move. There's really no point in doing anything else. What I mean, John's just going to be a dick. So you might as well be like, okay, I'm done with this now. Goodbye. So elsewhere in the Lockwood house, Damon asks for a word with Elijah. And Elijah's like, hey, where's Elena? And Damon says, oh, she's safe with Stefan. You know, they're laying low, whatever. Damon says, you know, there's a lot of werewolves on the town. And Elijah's like, oh, I've heard of them. And Damon says, yeah, I assumed you did because your witch saved us. And Elijah says, yeah, you're welcome, by the way. Yeah, Elijah's like, are, are you happy? I did it. And then Elijah said, hey, listen, you just focus on keeping Elena safe and leave the rest to me. And Damon says, well, actually, for me, that's not good enough. And Elijah answers by choking him. And it really hurts Damon. And Damon attempts to fight back by choking Elijah. But 
very easily. First of all, Elijah is not phased at all by Damon's hand on his throat. And he picks Damon's hand off like there is a piece of fabric on him. I mean, it's nothing. Yeah, the hand is there and Elijah is just breathing normally. I mean, there is nothing weird. And then he, when he peels Damon's hand off, he is just breaking each finger back yeah. one by one until the hand is gone. And he's like, okay, are we done? You know, Elijah knows he's overpowered him, but Damon smartly clocks. He says, hey, uh, you can't kill me. I'm, I'm on the list. It's part of the deal. Yeah, which, you know, there are worse reasons. There are worse things to do. And Elijah's like, yeah, I know that. But what Elijah can do and does is grab a pencil off the desk and take it to his neck. And he says, you know, I'm an original. You should show me a little bit of respect. Damon pulls out the pencil and is bleeding. Elijah gives him a little handkerchief. Very classy. Benevolent God. And Elijah says, look, when you are of no use to me, you will be dead. So just do what I say and keep Elena safe. Elijah's giving them a very easy and fair deal. Yeah, this is a pretty sweet deal overall. I mean, like, I know they all don't want Elena to die, but if only one of them dies, that's a pretty big win. I think they're all, you know, forgetting that because Elena's the main character, but still... So then we go back over to the lake house. Stefan is cooking dinner and Elena is just watching while drinking a glass of wine because she's a queen. (laughs) Vibes. Yeah, she's just like, ah, my mom couldn't cook it either. Sip, sip. It's very cute. And Elena notices the fire is dying. So Stefan says he'll go get more firewood. But then Elena says she'll go get more firewood. But then Elena takes a detour to her parents' old room and smells her mom's perfume. And she tells Stefan, you know, Jenna was supposed to pack all this up, but she kept putting it off. And like, I can see why. And Elena finds a flannel for Stefan because she wants him to be serving fall the way she is. And she says, oh, here it was my great granddad's. And he puts it on and she's like, you look very hot. In it. And he's like, I look hot in your dead great granddad's jacket. And she said, yeah, did I fucking stutter? Yeah, she said, that's what I fucking said. She said, I don't know what to tell you. I'm horny. I'm horny and you're wearing a flannel. He's like, I could not have made it clearer what the point of this weekend is. And so then they make out and they go into her parents' closet and Stefan notices the wall is hollow. And Elena really couldn't give a shit, honestly. She's like, okay. Elena's like, it's an old house. I Like, it's a closet. Who fuck, who the fuck knows? Stefan breaks down some of the wood and finds a door, which he opens. And there's a secret hidden closet full of a bunch of vampire hunting weapons. Yeah, like a a crossbow, some big stakes. It can't be a surprise because Elena knows her family was anti-vampire. This is just the first, I guess, proof she's seen of it since John. Yeah, I think it was easy to ignore that because she was like, well, I know they're on the council and I know John's anti-vampire, but I don't have any like hard proof to show that they would hate this so much like it could just be john being mean and then this is the first like kind of proof of that so then we go over to the forbes house which is where they are setting up the spell for luca at least i think it's the forbes house i'm 90 percent sure so luca is passed out caroline and jeremy are helping set up candles and bonnie explains the spell she plans to do she says basically that she's going to put luca in a trance and ask some questions kind of like hypnosis And that she's not sure if she's strong enough for it, but the candles are there so she can pull power from the flames. And Caroline offers to go get matches, but then she lights them herself. And Caroline comments that that is hot. Yeah, and Bonnie kind of clocks that like, what? (laughs) Like, I just lit a bunch of candles. And so Bonnie says, hey, Jeremy, can you get me a glass of water? And he does. And Bonnie turns to Caroline. She said, hey, what the fuck was with that hot comment? And Caroline's like, I'm helping. Yeah, Caroline's like, Jeremy's clearly crushing on you. And Bonnie's like kind of apprehensive about it. Caroline rightfully like notes like, oh, who are you going to hook up with? Luca? And Bonnie's like, no, no. He just like understood me and was new, whatever. And Caroline says, and yeah, you've known Jeremy forever and you only see him as Elena's brother. But you're a witch and I'm a vampire. We're not in any position. And Bonnie says, oh, to be picky. And Caroline's like, no, to judge. Same thing with Caroline, too, with Matt. She spent a whole long time viewing Matt as Elena's boyfriend. And so she had to, like, unlearn some stuff to date him. Didn't want her to date him, but she still learned that lesson. And so it's nice to share that with Bonnie and be like, look, we don't have to be all stressed either way. If you like someone, you just like someone. Move on with it. And so then Jeremy comes in and they all smile at each other. And then Lucas starts to wake up and Bonnie's like, "Okay, time to do the spell. (laughs) Yeah. 
He's like, okay, moving on. So then we go over to the Salvatore house. Alaric and Damon are debriefing with some bourbons that basically today was a bust. Alaric says, you know, Elijah's a scary dude, but he does have nice hair. Alaric, you're the one with nice hair, King. A middle part is not all it takes to have nice hair. but I think Elijah's got nice hair. I think you're being harsh. I think it's nice hair. I don't think it's a nice haircut. I think it works for him. Fair enough. Agree to disagree. Yeah, agree to disagree. And Damon says, wow, you know, Elijah's going to be really hard to kill. And Alaric refreshes their drinks. And then Alaric says, honestly, we should think twice before we trust that like the dagger and the ashes are all we need. We need more info. And Damon's like, well, I'm out of fucking sources, dude. Yeah. And I think it is Alaric being like, look, he clearly like stabbed your throat and you didn't even have a way to kill him. Imagine if you're trying to kill him. I mean, that's not going to go well. Yeah. Alaric's like, we need a little bit more info before we focus on killing the guy. They're clearly out of their league. And so Alaric changes the subject to personal stuff. Alaric asks about Andy and how things are going. But really what he's asking is for Damon to please not kill her because she's friends with Jenna and he's already lying to Jenna. And Damon makes a good point that if he killed her, who would report her death? Damon has no intention of killing her. But Alaric's like, can that be the line? I need something to stop. (laughs) I cannot be lying to Jenna about that on top of everything else I'm already lying about. He says he is hating lying to Jenna, which I believe. Yeah, I think he's getting really tired of that. I'm sure he was already getting tired of it. And now John is bringing it up. So now he's like, it's even more in the front of his mind. You know, he's feeling worse. And so Lurk's like, you know, I have to go pick Jenna up. I'll see myself out. We have to assume that he took his cocktail with him because he just refilled it, which you got to love. And then Damon relaxes a little bit, but we hear a crash. So Damon goes to investigate and he sees Alaric has been stabbed. And who jumps down but Stevie, our new friend with the beanie. And he shoots Damon with some needle syringe of some kind and finally gets him weak enough to kind of pass out. It takes the whole syringe. And then in come the werewolves. Some of them are like, this one's dead about Alaric. Luckily, he has his ring. And Jules says, hi, Damon. Nice to see you. And Damon's like, Ugh, Really? Not this again. And it is funny that they're like, this one's dead. And you would think, given their track record, they'd throw him right in a fucking fire. (laughs) But luckily they don't. (laughs) So then we go back over to the lake house where Elena is looking in the closet with vampire weapons. And she finds more John Gilbert journals with his whole life documented. And that brings up something that we haven't talked about in a while, which is your theory that there are a bunch of secret journals. So how do you react to this development? Well, all I'll say, it's journals in a secret hiding place. So whether someone knew these journals existed or not, we know John Gilbert knew these existed, but it's not like he ever told anyone where they were. So I think this could still be classified as secret. Sure. But you notice, too, I just want to play devil's advocate. Of course. Elena doesn't seem surprised that there are more journals. Like everyone knew there were more journals. It doesn't seem like anyone was like hunting for these and would be interested to get the information from them you know yeah i don't think they're hunting for them that that like and they know they exist they know they here's the thing they knew they existed at one point they have no evidence that they still exist or where they are so i think they would still be classified as secret sure i'm sure it's not a shock that the vampire hunting tools were in there but they're still secret tools because they're okay. in a secret room my point about the secret journal discussion was just that I don't think the council gives a shit about these. Oh, I don't think the council gives a shit. Okay. Necessarily. I thought that could be at one point. I think the council doesn't know enough to give a shit. Yes. That's my read on it as well. Yeah. Here's my question. What do you think is in these journals? Do you think it's going to be anything useful for us? It's just going to be fucking Jonathan Gilbert talking about something he invented that he didn't actually invent for the sure. most part. Uh, I mean, there could be some information about the curse, but I can't imagine Jonathan Gilbert got that much useful info about the curse, to be completely honest with you. Yeah. Um, So I don't really think there's going to be anything in here. If it had been like old Lockwood journals, because they obviously knew the Moonstone existed, blah, 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 blah. Sure. Uh, But no, Jonathan is like, you guys should see these rings I created. And it's like, okay, skip, skip, skip. That was a witch. Um, Yeah, you didn't do any of this. So I think it's just a, a lot of that. Okay, well, we'll see. And so as she's looking through the journals, Stefan gives Elena a moment and he uses this time to go get the aforementioned firewood. So then we go back to the RV in the woods, the werewolf RV. Brady gets a text that says they're good to go. 
And Tyler is sitting there just looking scared shitless. Yeah, he's got like a takeout container in front of him. He clearly just ate dinner and was kind of hoping that like that would be the top of the night. Like that they'd be like, oh, it failed. Like we're just going to go. So Brady comes in like, oh, we're ready to go. And Tyler's sitting there like, do we have to? (laughs) Like he doesn't want to do this. Like, do you have any leftover chicken fingers? Yeah. So Brady asks Tyler if he's up for this and he can read the vibe that Tyler doesn't seem super up for this. And Brady says, hey, I just want to remind you all these people lied to you. They're the enemy. Your friend Elena, who you've known your whole life, she's with the vampires who killed Mason. And if the vampires break the curse, we're all as good as dead. And Tyler really can't argue with that logic as it's presented to him in this moment. So he says he's on board. Well, yeah, because he is like, yeah, a lot of people lied to me, didn't tell me anything when I was going through this. And he has no reason to believe. I mean, he just saw Damon and Stefan kill a shit ton of werewolves like they have no reason to kill Tyler but there's no reason Tyler would know that yeah exactly they haven't exactly been super welcoming to him I think that is something they maybe should have done a little earlier but that's what Caroline was trying to do but I mean it it was not going to work without him knowing all this information and frankly Damon wasn't going to give him that information so exactly so then Brady says by the way if you wuss out you'll have me to deal with wuss out wuss out like wuss Wuss, probably. Anyway, was. so then we go. <laughs> he was. <laughs> he was. Was a out. werewolf. <laughs> he <laughs> was a wuss. He was a werewolf, and now he's um a human. He w- was a wussy werewolf with a wonderful world ahead of him. I don't Wide. know. Wide web. web. <laughs> <laughs> he was a wussy. Got it. He was a wussy werewolf on the World Wide Web. It is. Anyway. <laughs> But Tyler's like, well, I don't want to deal with Brady either. So I guess I'll just go. I yeah. mean, it's like that guy's on arrow. He's like, that guy has fucking arrows coming out of his ass. <laughs> I think he just is like, I don't really know what to do here, but I'm with this guy now. So I guess I'm on this team. I mean, Tyler's just teaming up with whoever is nicest to him at the moment. It does go back and forth because the werewolves keep not telling him everything. Yeah, the werewolves should have learned from the fact that the reason Tyler no longer trusts Caroline is because she didn't tell him everything. So the werewolves should tell him everything. Granted, I guess they knew that if they told him everything, he wouldn't want to help. Well, yeah, their whole argument is like, these people have been lying to you. And then they lie to him, but they're like, well, hopefully he doesn't figure that out. But they forget that there are other people involved. (laughs) Ain't that the truth? So then we go over to the Gilbert house. John is having a drink as Jenna enters and John's like, hey, where's Elena? And Jenna's like, um, she's at the lake house with Stefan for the weekend. And John's like, uh, who gave her permission? And Jenna's like, duh, it was me. Not her legal guardian, asshole. Yeah, she's like, until you call a lawyer and file for guardianship, it's really my call. And John, I don't know why he feels the need to like antagonize Jenna right now, but he basically is like, you know, I knew you were lax, but I didn't think you were negligent. And that's big words from a guy who's a featured actor when Miss Jenna's a series regular. But who am I? <laughs> who's negligent now? Big words from a guy who waited 16 years to tell his daughter that he was her dad, even though he clearly knew her the whole time. Yeah. But who am I? Um, and Jenna says, you know, Elena wanted to get away from you. That's why she went to the lake house. And then she says, and you know what? So do I. So I'm going to go stay with Rick. And John says, well, you know, Rick is a liar. And Jenna's like, okay, but unfortunately, Jenna's already a little suspicious of Alaric because it's been kind of weird. Yeah, she's noticed some like odd stuff. I mean, she's she's got intuition. She doesn't want to listen to John, but she, you know, it's weird to hear that when she's already feeling a little iffy. Yeah, so she unfortunately bites, which she shouldn't have. She should have just left. John says, hey, has Rick told you what happened to his wife? And Jenna said, well, she died. And John's like, did they find her body? He knows the answer. And Jenna should be like, what the fuck? Who cares? She died. Also, like, doesn't Jenna know that she now knows that John is Elena's birth father and she knows Alaric's wife was also Elena's birth mother. Like, to me, it's sounding like John killed her. I mean. And I guess because of that, he has some credibility about what happened to Isabel that I think is what makes Jenna kind of perk up at this. Yeah, at least question it. I do think it's, you know, obviously he got to Jenna a little bit here because she engaged, unlike Alaric, who just was like, I'm not engaging, goodbye. But at least Jenna got some real mean digs before he got to her. Yeah. 
And Jenna asks like what he's saying. And he says, oh, go ask Rick. She's clearly affected, but she does leave. She tries to step away from it, but the damage is done. Yeah, the seed has been planted. So then we go over to the Salvatore house. Um, Alaric is quote unquote dead on the ground. Waiting for that ring to kick in. Yeah, Damon's looking at him because the eyes are like open and you can tell Damon's like, is he awake? Is yeah. he good yet? <laughs> and Damon clocks the ring and we see the ring so we know for sure that he's coming back in a second. Yeah, it might just take a bit. But meanwhile, Damon is chained up and he's got a little collar with like wooden, like almost golf tees in it. Yeah, it looks like a little dowel that's been cut up a bunch. Yeah, and Stevie says, good morning. You know, I watched a torture porn once and I was inspired. And it's like, what the fuck? It's like, he knows what you created. You don't have to snitch on yourself like that. Well, it's like, okay, you created a collar full of wood. Like you didn't have to say you got it from a porn video. I would have assumed that you had come up with it. Like you didn't have to tell me you watched torture porn. Yeah, like you didn't need to offer that information, weirdo. It's like, why are you telling me this? Damon's like, what? Damon's like, I can feel the spiky wood. I got it. It's not like that complex. Jules comes in and she decides to start her interrogation. But all she does is prove that they are like three steps behind. Oh, yeah. Because she comes in and she says, I heard you have the moonstone. Damon hasn't had the moonstone in weeks. (laughs) He's like, oh, that's what this is about. He's like, girl, you do not know what's happening here. Damon laughs and he says, if only you knew the irony. And Jules doesn't know the irony. And she doesn't ask for clarification because she knows she's giving up her power. But you can tell she's like, oh, fuck. I think she thinks that he's like trying to trick her. But it's like, no, he literally doesn't have it. So Damon says, okay, so let me tell you how this is going to go. You're going to torture me. I'm not going to talk. And someone is going to lose a hurt just like your little friend Mason. And Jules says, oh, it's going to be you. And Damon's like, okay. Damon's like, I mean, it's not. Like, first of all, who's going to rip his heart out? None of you have that capability. Well, I think they do. We know that werewolves have supernatural strength. We just haven't seen a werewolf really do it yet. I haven't seen enough strength to give me, like, clear evidence they're capable of that. Well, they could stake him. I think, yeah, they could stake him. They could push him. It might be more of a, um, you know, like a fun quip than it is an actual, like, logistical statement of plan. (laughs) Yeah, logistical threat. I think it's I think they'll stake him. Yeah, because that's surefire way to kill him. He's chained in a chair. Easy way. Yeah. Honestly, what they should have done is staked him right now. I know they think he is the moonstone, but that just goes to show when you're an idiot, there's nothing you can do. And that's why, you know, before you trap someone to torture them, make sure you know the most up to date information. Yeah. Make sure you're trapping the right guy. Yeah. Trapping the right guy. What are they going to torture him for? Like, he's like, I don't have the moonstone. Like, it doesn't matter. So it's like not scary to him. He's never going to say anything. But they don't know that because they didn't do any research. They just trapped him like two hours after they found out the moonstone existed. Like, you guys take a beat, make a plan and then torture some. But it makes sense for Jules to assume that Damon would just be lying. So, yeah, that's true. Given the information she has, she's making her best guess wrong as it may be. She knows that this group vaguely has the Moonstone, so she must assume that if Damon doesn't have it, he knows who does. They all seem a little unclear. I mean, I don't know if they don't know or if they have even cared to know. They seem to assume that, like, Elijah is on the side. or Maybe they don't even know Elijah's involved. They know that that witch is on the side of the vampires. They don't ask a lot of questions about who's on their side. Like, they just don't do a lot of critical thinking. I think they're assuming that all vampires are like working together the way that all werewolves work together. But it's like there's more of them. They don't need to do that. There's just way more vampires. So you can build a more specific team. Like if there were enough werewolves where Jules could build a team, I think she would have picked. She probably would have cut torture porn head ass Stevie. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't think Stevie would have lasted long. I mean, Brady, I understand that they were like dating or whatever. But I think if she had another werewolf because i'm sure there's another there would be another hot werewolf somewhere that was smarter brady would have been gone a while ago too he's hot and he's all muscle but he's no brain honestly mason was probably more useful but you do need a muscle i mean it's useful um but they will always die you can't always uh beat someone with muscle yeah muscle's good to have it's not a fail safe you also have to be willing for them willing to let them go because they're going to be on the front line they could get shot. 
So then we go back over to the Forbes house. Caroline asks how long this spell is going to take. And Bonnie says Luca is fighting her. But eventually she gains control. And you asked a good question that I think our audience will be asking too is like, can Luca be compelled? Why aren't they just compelling Luca? For like our purposes, we're just going to assume that Elijah gave Luca Vervain because that seems like Elijah's move. We don't have that confirmed, but that makes more sense to me. They might as well give them Vervain. I mean, if they're going to be witches working around vampires a lot, it just makes sense to give it to them. But they were going through all these hoops, like planning the spell. And I was like, because when they were talking about it at the beginning, they were like, oh, we're going to get Luca to talk. I was like, oh, so they'll just have Caroline compel him. And I believe... There's a rule that is set up in legacies, which I don't know if we look back at this show, it will always follow, but we can assume that this is something that might be in our way, that supernatural creatures as a whole cannot be compelled. Well, I think it would make sense that at the minimum, a witch would be very hard to compel. Yeah. It's just an extra barrier to get through. For our purposes, we're just going to assume that supernatural creatures can't be compelled Obviously, there's plot holes within that. Like, for example, Elena has been compelled and Elena is a doppelganger. And, you know, there's some question about what how much that counts as a supernatural creature or a human with like some kind of caveat. So that's not a rule we can rely on. It's a rule that is set up in Legacies, which is the third spinoff of the Vampire Diaries. So obviously we can't go back too far and assume it's always a rule. But for our purposes, we're just going to assume We're doing this because Luca cannot be compelled, either Vervain or that rule, whatever. The first thing Bonnie asks Luca once she gains control of him is why he's working with Elijah. Luca says that they both want Klaus dead. Bonnie says, okay, um, you're going to need to give me more answers. Why? Yeah, she's like, okay, I, I can see that. Why specifically do you want him dead? So Bonnie asks why Luca wants Klaus dead. And Luca says that Klaus has his sister because he's searching for a way to undo the curse without the doppelganger. And for centuries, he's been forcing witches to help him. I mean, it makes sense. He he assumed there's no doppelganger. As far as Klaus knew, there wasn't a doppelganger available. So he was like, well. And there never would be. Gonna ha- Yeah, I'm going to have to find something else. Going to probably need a witch at the minimum. So just grab one every once in a while. Unfortunate for her family, but not shocking that that's the path he took. I mean, it makes sense to grab one witch, work with them their whole life and get as far as you can and then see what happens. So then Bonnie asks what Elijah has promised them. And Luca says that Elijah said that he'll return Luca's sister if they help him kill Klaus. And Bonnie smartly asks how they would kill Klaus slash an original. Now, Luca fights a little harder on this question. He says that they'll kill him if he snitches. And Jeremy says, "Okay, let's find another way. But Bonnie keeps going. Yeah, she's like, no, he's going to answer this fucking question. And Luca says Klaus will be vulnerable and weak after the sacrifice. So that is their only chance. And Caroline picks up on the operative word there, which is after. Yeah, Caroline says after. (laughs) And so Caroline, Bonnie and Jeremy all realize kind of at the same time. And Luca confirms that after the sacrifice, Elena will be dead. So in order to kill Klaus, Elena has to die regardless. Yeah, like that's just what's going to happen. They were all shook to learn this. We as the audience, I remember the first time I watched this, I was like, I feel like I kind of knew that. Yeah, I, you know, I thought when she made the deal with Elijah, he was kind of like, you'll be the only one that dies. That's what I read from it. And then everyone else was like, good, he's going to keep Elena safe. I was like, oh, I didn't really read that. But I read it that he was going to keep her safe until he needs to kill her. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought it was too. But everyone else was like, yeah, so then we're all good. We just have to last until then. I was like, oh, I didn't think he said he was going to, not kill Elena, but I was like, whatever, maybe I missed something. So this was kind of like, okay, yeah, that tracks. And, you know, Luca was under a spell, but he didn't say how you actually kill an original. So we don't get this dagger white oak ash theory confirmed. That's very notable to mention. So let me go back over to the lake house. Stefan is in a shed getting some firewood and he hears a little bit of noise, turns around and it's Brady and Brady shoots him. Brady with this fucking gun. He loves it. God. And so Stefan kind of falls to the ground and he sees Tyler. And Brady tells Tyler, okay, keep him down. And if he moves, kill him. Brady leaves to go get Elena. And Stefan says, hey, Tyler, I'm not going to fight you, but I would love to get this bullet out if that's okay. And Tyler's a little scared, so he just kind of lets him wriggle around. Yeah, he's pointing the gun at him, but he's not dying to shoot Stefan. Like, he just kind of ended up here tonight. And Stefan says, 
hey, Tyler, why are you doing this? And Tyler says, I can't let you break the curse. And Stefan's like, oh, you know about the curse? Yeah, Stefan's like, okay, so that's that's out. Now. And Tyler <laughs> says, you guys are all liars. And Stefan's like, oh, wait, hold on. We don't want to break the curse. Let's make one thing clear. Yeah, he's like, oh, no, no, no. I don't want this curse broken. Like, you are, you have some wrong information, my friend. But unfortunately, from what Tyler knows about the curse, he does want the curse broken. So he does shoot Stefan in the leg, and he basically confirms why he wants it broken. He says, like, I don't want to be like this. And Stefan says, hey, I'm just trying to save Elena, dude. And Tyler says, Elena's going to be fine. And Stefan says, oh, is that what they told you? Who are the liars now? Yeah, Stefan's pretty good at being like, okay. And there's there's the hole. Yeah, that's what I will be taking advantage of. He thought that, I mean, he used at first, like, we don't want to break the curse. That was the first hole. Then the second hole was like, oh, they left out some information. And so Stefan tells Tyler, point blank, in order to break the curse, Elena has to die. What a nice man that Tyler is. Stefan didn't even have to bring up like, also, you'd probably be dead too. Although I don't think that would be a huge selling point to stop them for Tyler because he's like, look, either I can not turn or I'll die. Win-win. Um, I can go either way. So then we check in on Elena inside who's calling out for Stefan because he's taking a while to get wood for a vampire. She says, are you growing the trees out there? And he doesn't answer. And so she starts to get a little suspicious. She's like, that's really weird. He didn't answer because that was like really funny. <laughs> She's like, um, I didn't hear a laugh. She's like, um, excuse me. You want me to? I'm sorry. Did you not hear me? I said, are you growing the trees out there? <laughs> it's, it's a joke. And she's like, OK, he didn't laugh the second time. This is not good. Yeah. So we can see Brady waiting on the porch and Elena grabs a knife. Brady sneaks up, but Elena is able to stab him close and lock the door and run upstairs before he can get inside. And she stabs him like a good few times. Like, it's not just a one and done. She's like, no, I'm getting this. I'm getting ahead. I'm buying myself some time. She runs upstairs, but Brady's strong. So he breaks down the door pretty easily. And then he comes in and immediately says, hey, I can smell you. So she takes off one Henley. She's got a couple Henleys on. Good move. At least spread out the set. Yeah, so she takes off like one Henley and puts it on one bed in a room and then goes to another room. And he finds the first sweater first. So that goes. And then while he's distracted by that first sweater, she runs downstairs. She slams the front door to make it sound like she went out the front and runs to her parents' room. A great move, but he does get to her parents' room. And he finds the secret closet, but she's hidden in such a way that she can kind of sneak up on him. She stabs him again with a stake. And then she runs out the front door. We can see that he's right behind her. She gets out. She's a little bit ahead of him, but he's clearly catching up. Yeah, she's still got a knife in her hand, so she's not like completely defenseless, but it's definitely like, I mean, she can only hold him out off for so much longer. But luckily, Stefan has gotten away. So as Brady comes out the front door, Stefan stops Brady and pulls out his hurt and kills him. And then Elena hugs Stefan like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then she clocks that Tyler's standing over there. And Tyler says, oops, <laughs> I didn't know. Tyler's like, Hey, how y'all doing? <laughs> and Tyler's like, I didn't know that they were going to do that to you. I just didn't want to be a werewolf. And Elena noted, sweetie hugs him. She's like, hey, once you learned that they were going to try to kill me, you stopped it. Like, that's great. I get why you don't want to be a werewolf. We're fine here, bud. So it's really cute. He needs a hug. He's had a hard time. Yeah. And he's like, honestly, Brady was scaring me too. I'm not mad that he's dead. He's like, he was really freaking me out. That guy's super weird. That guy's really scary for such a dumbass. Yeah. So then we go back over to the Salvatore house where Damon remains chained up and Jules is describing buckshot, which is like a bullet that spreads throughout the body for maximum damage. And Damon's like, sweetie, I fought in the Civil War. I know what buckshot (laughs) is. He says, I'm familiar with its work. She says, so I'm going to ask again for the Moonstone. And Damon says, "Okay, well, you're never going to get it. He's like, you can keep asking. I'm not going to give it to you. So I don't really know what we're doing here. But manifestation works. And Elijah comes in with the Moonstone. He says, oh, looking for this. The werewolves are like scared and shook. And Damon is very surprised to see Elijah coming in as he and Elijah had a little um, argument earlier, as we'll remember. And Elijah puts the moonstone down on the table next to him. And he said, go ahead and take it. Which, I mean, obviously this wouldn't work. 
but you know, the werewolves are going to do what they're going to do. The first guy ran and I yelled, dumbass. Yeah. But he turned out to be one of the smarter ones. Yeah. The first one ran and you can't blame him for trying. I get it. But immediately the first one gets up there and Elijah pulls out his heart. So two more werewolves run up as if they like didn't see that first one. And I get they're running up in two. So they think, well, he can't kill both of us. Newsflash, he can kills both of them. Yeah, I think there may be like, oh, he's busy with the first guy. No, it took him a second to pull the herd he's out. He's done with like, the first guy. And Jules stays the smartest werewolf in the room, which is not a difficult mantle. And she just books it out. She's like, mm, no, I lost here. I, I, I lost today. It's OK. And Stevie <laughs> doesn't run towards the moonstone or out the door. He just crouches on the floor and hides under his jacket. I don't know what he thought was going to happen. At least the other werewolves had the balls to try. I mean... <laughs> And Elijah says, you want to try going for it? And Stevie's like, I do not. No, uh, I'm good. And Elijah's like, oh, where'd the girl go? And Damon's like, I don't know. And Elijah's like, ah, it doesn't matter. And he kills Stevie. And then he frees Damon from his little device and says, rips those chains off as though they are duck. Yeah, it was very sexy. (laughs) Very hot and sexy. And Elijah says, I just want to point out, this is the third time I've saved your life. And Damon's like, uh, yeah. And then Elijah <laughs> grabs the moonstone and goes. So then we do a slight time jump and Damon is calling Bonnie and catching up where basically they confirm that the sacrifice and specifically killing Elena is part of Elijah's plan. So Damon hangs up once he's gotten that confirmation as Alaric wakes up. And Damon's like, damn, took a while for you to wake up this time. <laughs> so then we cut over to the Gilbert house where Jenna is having a glass of wine and reading books, doing homework. Lord only knows. Remember, she's a PhD student. Yeah, she's in grad school. I forgot. And Alaric gives her a call and he says, hey. And she says, hey. And he says, like, I was grading papers and honestly, I fell asleep. I'm a jerk. Solid lie that would work were a Jenna not suspicious. Because for all intents and purposes, he did fall asleep practically it was really the same situation at least that's a lie like what's she gonna do see his papers at the grill like there's no way to prove that was a lie currently i mean she can trust her instinct but she's not like she can't prove it she can't prove it but she's definitely questioning mm-hmm. it and the fact that she can't prove it she's questioning it more she's like that's a good lie without a lie it's that like, would be yeah. a good one and she basically says it's okay even though she's clearly suspicious and Alaric says i'm all yours tomorrow They both hang up. Neither of them are happy with the way that conversation went. Yeah, they both are like, okay, this is something's going to happen. I I do feel that Jenna will be the next to learn about vampires. Not that there are that many left. Yeah, it's really just Jenna and Matt at this point. Uh, Yeah, and I mean, it's not it's going to be Jenna before Matt, we can hope. Fingers crossed. So then we go back over to, you know, the Salvatore house and the lake house. Damon is calling Stefan to catch him up on the events of the day. And Damon says, you know, Elijah was going to kill Elena the whole time. And Stefan's like, oh, my God, I cannot believe it. Damon says, you know, you should keep Elena away a little bit longer. And Stefan says, hey, don't get yourself self-killed. And they hang up. And Stefan goes to Elena and he says, Damon called and I've got a huge bombshell to drop on you. Elijah is planning for you to die. And Elena says, yeah, I know the deal I made. Elijah is very careful with his words. He promised to protect my friends, not me. Yeah, she's like, no, I I got that. That was pretty clear from our conversation. She's like, yeah, that's what I signed up for. And Stefan's like, what the hell? Yeah, Stefan is shocked. He's like, what? And Elena's like, I don't know what to tell you. I've said this many times before. If it comes down to all of the people I love dying or just me dying, I know what I'm choosing. She's like, I have made my stance on this so clear. Like, this is the one thing I have always said. Yeah, she's like, I honestly don't know why you didn't pick up on that. Yeah, she's like, I thought we all knew that. She's like, why did you guys have to kidnap Luca to figure yeah. that out? I could have told you Elena's that. She's like, I'm well aware I'm going to be dying. And <laughs> Stefan is very hurt because they talked about their future earlier. But if may I remind you, Stefan, Elena kind of shut that conversation down. Yeah, Stefan talked about their future. Elena said, uh-huh, sure, anyway. Yeah, Elena's <laughs> like, well, look, I'm just trying to keep everyone safe. Stefan says she's being a murderer. And Elena's like, yeah, well, you always want to die to keep me safe. And he's like, yeah, but I'm 162 years old and you've barely lived. Which is a fair yeah. point. And Elena's like, okay, that does make some sense. I mean, both of them are making good points. It's just a difference of opinion and a miscommunication because Elena thought that was pretty clear. Yeah, Elena's like, I thought we were all on the same page. Yeah, she's like, I was I've... wondering why no one was upset that I basically said I was going to die. 
She's like, you all seemed okay with it a week ago. I guess I thought we were all just feeling good. And he says that she's not being heroic, but she's being tragic. Okay. I mean, I think it's... He's hurt. It's a little both. He's He's coming from a place of hurt. But Elena's kind of like, well, what do we think we're going to do other than this? Like, what's a better plan? Like, we simply don't have Exactly. At least this way, we're all kept safe until that point. Yeah. And then everyone she loves is kept safe after. So then we go over to the Forbes house. Jeremy's about to head out and he's kind of walking with Bonnie. They're both about to head out. They recap. They confirm that Luca doesn't know anything. He doesn't remember anything that happened tonight. Caroline brought him back to the grill. He's just going to wake up there, I guess. So he's just going to wake up in the alley. And he's going to be like, what happened tonight? Uh, We'll see if Luca connects the dots. Uh, I'm pretty sure he will. And Jeremy says that he hopes that Caroline drops Luca her head. (laughs) And Bonnie's like, hee, hee, hee. And then Bonnie takes a moment to have a conversation with Jeremy. She kind of stops him from walking and she says, you're Elena's little brother. And he says, yeah, I know. He's like, Yeah. She says, look, I've known you forever. And I remember all of your awkward phases and all the weirdness. But now all of a sudden, you're like a very hot and sweet guy. And Jeremy says, you think I'm hot? She talks a little bit more, but then Jeremy kisses her and it is cute. This is a good kiss. And I'll say, I guessed a Bonnie Jeremy kiss in episode 14. Good for you. I didn't remember you guessed that, but good for you. I guessed 11 for Caroline and Tyler and 14 for Bonnie and Jeremy. Caroline and Tyler was 12. Bonnie and Jeremy was 14. So this was pretty good. I was pretty excited. Pretty good for Stephanie. I was also excited for this because I think Jeremy is so hot and sexy. You like this couple. I like Jeremy a lot. I don't really know where that came from. And I'm I'm worried what that means for his prognosis on the show. Well, on the plus side, he's not a doppelganger werewolf or vampire. So he can't be killed in the sacrifice as of this moment. Yeah, as of this moment. If the sacrifice does indeed go forward. If the sacrifice does indeed go forward. And if that is the only way people die. Yeah. (laughs) So I just, I love him. I was very happy to see this. I like this couple. Good. We go over to the Lockwood house. Carol is going upstairs and she sees a letter from Tyler that's addressed mom. So we know it's from Tyler because it says mom. He has no siblings, whatever. We know it's from Tyler. (laughs) And so we go over to the grill. Tyler comes in with a duffel bag and he goes up to talk to Matt. Matt is a little apprehensive because things uh, tensions have been high, but he does listen. And Tyler says, hey, listen, I'm going through a really rough time right now. I really can't talk about it. And Caroline has been helping me through it. She's been there for me more than anyone else. And to be honest, I did fall for her because she's really incredible. But she loves you, Matt, and she needs you. And TBH, she deserves someone like you. And I know he didn't mean that to be hurtful. But I don't. She doesn't deserve her. Matt doesn't deserve her. Not to say Tyler necessarily does either. So Tyler tells Matt to be good to her. Matt says sure. And Tyler leaves. And then we go on Tyler's goodbye tour over to the Forbes house. Caroline is reading in bed and she goes up to the door and locks it. And we see Tyler outside, but we don't see Caroline see Tyler outside. So Tyler clearly wanted to say goodbye, but didn't know what to do. I don't know. Yeah, probably chickened out. Then outside of Caroline's house. Tyler gets into a car with Jules and he says, hey, sorry about your friends, but you don't get to lie to me anymore if I go with you. And she agrees because what else does she have to lie about? All her friends are dead. Yeah. Who's she going to conspire with? (laughs) And then she says he's doing the right thing. And he says he can't stay here. Not like this. And then the two of them drive off. And that's the end of the episode. What do you think this means for Tyler? Do you think we're going to see him again? Why do you think he's, you know, what do you think is going to happen next for them? I think he's going to come back because I think he underestimates like the power of this town. I mean, he doesn't have this same like huge support system the way the other characters have kind of built that up for each other. But I think he's going to- And his mom's miss being in Mystic Falls. Yeah, and his mom. I feel like he's going to miss that. I think right now he's just scared and he doesn't want to be in Mystic Falls because he's seen all these other werewolves die. Not that that's necessarily going to happen to him as long as he like, you know, doesn't try to kill all the vampires. But I think he's just kind of like, I need to somehow get away from this and learn how to do this. So I think it might just be some time away to really come to terms with the werewolf thing without these outside complications. He's like, I have enough to focus on right now. Like, I can't do all of that together. When do you think we'll see Tyler back in Mystic Falls? Do you think it'll be in season two? Yeah, I think it'll be in season two. I think it 
I think he'll be gone for a few episodes, but I don't think it's going to be that long. Think he'll be back in time for a sacrifice if it were to happen? I mean, I think it would be wise if he weren't because he is kind of the easy werewolf, unfortunately. If he does come back in time for a sacrifice, I certainly hope he brings jewels. Because <laughs> <laughs> I really was like, okay, Jules is going to die soon, but she left. So hopefully she's, you know, avoiding that fate as best she can. But I think Tyler's going to want to come back. I think this is going to be as easy of a thing for him to do as he thinks. So knowing this, do you think, okay, so I want to ask this. It's a little lower stakes of a question, but it, it comes up. So do you think with Tyler out of town, we're going to see a Matt and Caroline reunion? And if so, how do you think that's going to go this time around? I think we could potentially see a reunion, but I think it will be short-lived. Why? Just because they're, you know, they had their little relationship. It was not ever like a super secure relationship. And in the time that they've broken up, Caroline has grown a lot and Matt just simply hasn't. And I think Matt, he's an emotional guy. He gets so jealous about every little thing. Like, I honestly think the fact that Tyler even had interest in Caroline that was even a little bit reciprocated, I think is going to be hard for him to get past. Like, I I don't think it's going to be long lived. This is partially, you know, manifesting it as well. You have to. Um, Someone's got to. Because I I just simply have to. So I I think if they were to get together, it's going to be short lived because I think they'll be like, oh, yay, we're finally back together. And then they'll be like, oh, like, I, like, I don't think Caroline will get back together with him, and like immediately tell him about vampires. And now that she's built bonds with people who she can talk about every single thing in her life with, like, there's no point in having Matt be there if she can't let him all the way in, mm-hmm. you know? So do you think if they get back together, she's going to have to tell Matt about vampires? And if so, do you think that's going to be a fun time for him? I think she'd either have to tell him about vampires or dump him. And I think honestly, the way things ended with Tyler, she won't tell him about vampires. I mean, Matt's going to have to figure out at some point. I mean, he's not going to figure out. Someone's going to tell him. He, he's not going to do that himself. Um, he's not going to like it because, you know, he'll take it personally that Caroline lied to him. He'll take it personally that Elena essentially lied to him. Uh, he'll be sad about Vicky in a new way. Yeah. <laughs> and then he'll be very mad at uh, Stefan and Damon in a new way as well. So it's it won't be a fun time for him, no matter how you slice it. So I think Caroline like if they get back together is like, honestly, it's better for him. It's safer for him to not know better for his mental health. And like, I have other shit to focus on. Like, I just don't think there's a reason to tell him right now. Do you think a Tyler and Caroline couple is still on the horizon? And does him leaving town extend your guesses for how long that relationship will take to foster? So I, sad as it may be, I think this couple has will fizzle. It has fizzled. I think we've seen all it's going to be essentially because I think the point of them together and like what they both got from it, I think they both needed support in this like tumultuous time. Tyler really needed someone on his side, but I think they both are like going to get to come into their own a little bit. I think Tyler leaving and presumably going somewhere with Jules, getting a little bit more of this information. I think he won't necessarily need that same level of support. And I think it's this like I don't want to say trauma bonding, but it's this bonding through a very specific experience that really brought them together. And I just don't think that's necessarily like a long-term like relationship situation. Like, I think it's just kind of like, that's what happened. That's what my instincts are telling me. I think that's all I have to say for this episode. As always, if you are enjoying The Vampire Diaries or Doppelgangers, please tell your friends about it. And if you want to show your support to us, you can leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And follow along with us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast to stay connected in between episodes. But that's it for this week. So we'll see you guys next week. Until then, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.